I'm so excited about this week's teaching because you're with me. What? Yeah, and Thanks. you're you're one of one of my favorite moms in the world, the Aww. mother of my children. Happy Mother's Day, <laughs> Thank you. Jen. Thank you. Thank uh, you. We are we're kind of twinning today. We're wearing our binge Jesus shirts. This is from uh, the Chosen. Our church yes. just walked through. So good. So uh, we good. Kind of had a watch party with a TV show called The Chosen here recently. Mm -hmm. The first four chapters of the Book of John. It was great, and so yeah. I can't uh, wait for episode or yeah. season two. Yeah, we're excited so about excited. that. If you were a part of that uh, with us, that's great. Yeah. So today yeah. we've been talking talking all week about this text. Would you talk a little bit about the series we're in and exactly yeah. which Bible person we're going to today? Well, I was a little shocked when you said, teach with me on Mother's Day. And I thought we were going to do like some of my favorites, like Leah, yeah. Naomi, Hannah. Um, but actually you did pick probably my most favorite book. It's Daniel. And it's in the middle of Daniel's life and so many cases in Daniel's life that we see God um, leading and guiding Daniel and Daniel being faithful to God. So I'm excited about being in this series with you. And I actually think Daniel translates thousands of years later to us, you know, even now as a mom today, I think there's something for us um, in this. So, uh, but before we do that, we would like for you to check out this video that kind of gives an overview of the history of the book of Daniel. The story of Daniel. Let me introduce you to Daniel, the main character of our story. He'll be back. To put things into perspective, here is us, and here's when Kung Fu Panda killed the box office. Here's the cross, and here is Daniel. Hello again, Daniel. Hi. Why don't you go to that table over there? Huh? Table, Daniel. Uh -huh. Yes, that table. Why don't you have some cereal before we get started? I have to tell you something today, Daniel. So there's an evil king that's coming to take you away from your friends and family forever and you'll never see home again. There's no time to run, so I'll just tell you his name is Nebuchadnezzar. And he's here right now. And off you go. Nebuchadnezzar is seizing Jerusalem to take people to his kingdom. So he took them from Jerusalem all the way to Babylon. When Daniel reaches Babylon, he will be introduced to a brand new culture with brand new people and leaders in a society where everything is different. They have new names for him and new things for him to do and also new clothes for him to wear and new books for him to read and also new food for him to eat. Oh, don't you look dapper, Daniel. Oh, fine, then take it off. Ah, uh, but don't pout. Oh, look, visitors. Seems as if they want you to worship their idols as well. Good job, Daniel. You continue to stay true to God. A long time later, about 70 years. Oh, hey, Daniel. It's been a while. Hello. Oh, you look 70-ish years older. I heard there's a new king in town. Where is he? Please show me. Is he the nice kind? 
Oh, good king. It seems like this relationship is making the elders jealous of Daniel. So they proposed a new law in which you can only worship the king. And the king agreed. They were actually trying to trick Daniel because Daniel worships God and he can no longer do that in Babylon. So he will be arrested uh -oh. and taken to the lion's den like any other. This devastates the king. Oh no, Daniel. Oh. Are you okay? Look to your left. Look to your other left. And look to your right. It's all around you. <coughs> An angel appeared and shut the mouths of the lions because Daniel trusted God. King Darius was so excited to see that Daniel survived. And he's like, high five, man. And Daniel was like, yeah, dude, God saved me. And King Darius made a decree that everyone shall worship God in Babylon. And that is the story of Daniel. So, 605 BC, we see Daniel as a young man, about 15 or 16 years old. Uh, the Babylonian empire is taking over Jerusalem, taking over Judea. And Daniel would have been raised as a child, as a Hebrew young boy, mm -hmm. knowing the word of God backwards and forwards. They would have been totally taught and submerged into um, the word of God. And Daniel is stripped from his home, taken from his home, taken to a foreign land, taken to Babylon, which would try to acculturate him or to teach him, um, strip him of what he knew as a child, as a Hebrew, and make him into a Babylonian. And we have this young man who, I, as a mom, I'm just picturing, I mean, he's 15, 16, I have that age in my house. I've got two boys around that age, and I'm just putting myself in the shoes thinking, as the mother, what would it have been like to see my son taken away? And then I also put myself in the shoes of Daniel. I think, what would it have been like to be Daniel, to be taken into uh, to Babylon? And for three years, for three years, they would teach them the ways of Babylon. They would teach them of the gods of Babylon. There would be foreign gods, many, that they would have been taught to pray and to, and to learn about. And so that is, that is the story of Daniel up to this point. And so um, what does yeah, it you say? Know, and I, I, I just... Even watching that video and talking all week, it's just, I don't think we can put enough um, emphasis on, and I just don't want to trip over too quickly, mm -hmm. the devastation that it was right. for, I mean, the whole family unit broke down. Yeah. I mean, when this nation comes in, Babylon comes in, this great power, they come to take, they, Babylon, this great nation comes in. Uh, to take over, mm -hmm. right? And when they come, they're going to take all the spoils of war. That's just not, um, you know, money and jewels or anything, but they're taking the cream of the crop, right? You know, right. the nobles' the best of the best. The nobles' children, the princes of Jerusalem. Yes, it would have been the, the best of the, the, the It actually mentions they were really good looking and very smart and it had does. favor with man. And so it's just interesting that that's who they would take and use to be in the king's court. So put yourself, you yeah. know, we're going to walk into this and we're in this series called The Middle. And the whole idea of The Middle series is perfect for where we're at right now as a nation and really the world. Uh, we, we are saying now that um, this is the first time in the history of the world that all at one time, the entire world is concentrating on one problem. Mm -hmm. Like this has never happened before. And a lot of people are finding themselves stuck or on pause or in the middle or all of their plans were kind of put to a halt and there's this hurdle that you've got to get over. And so Daniel... I mean, Daniel's there. 
There's nothing to go back to. There's, there's, no, there's no one to return to. And he's got to figure out life. And the very first thing that we learn, because really there's, there's something for all of us in this today. If we feel that way, if we feel stuck in the middle in some sense, or we're waiting for a new chapter. Um, the thing about Daniel, all of these characters uh, that's different about him is it looks like for him, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. But you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't, he doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. Daniel 1, verse 8, the very beginning, it says, Daniel resolved not to defile himself. When when they're told you've got to eat brand new foods, foods that they had never eaten before. He would challenge the rulers and say, "Let let me show you what I will look like when I eat our Hebrew food, the way that we would normally but eat. that attitude right. was a bigger, that, that's how it showed up just in the food. But it was an attitude that Daniel had of, I might be physically in another place. I might have uh, a situation around me that I can't control, but who I am, I'm not going to change that. And Daniel decided, I will not defile myself. What you he did, what, is, he I, didn't I w- quit. He didn't quit, but I would also say this. He was a, a good young man. He was respectful. He, he responded to his leaders that in Babylon, these foreign leaders that had ripped him from his home, he still reacted in a way that would have been honoring God. And it blessed him. He was given favor and in times when probably it wouldn't have happened, but because of who he was and he didn't change who he was uh, in this time. Multiple times it talks about his kindness. Mm -hmm. And so if we're looking for, you know, a way to stand up to the man, right? Right, right. Or or the way to disagree with authority, Daniel models it time and time again in the most extreme of circumstances. Here's the number one thing though that Daniel does. Mm -hmm. It's found in Daniel 6 verse 10. Uh, We've got to keep our connection with God. It's the number one thing Daniel does. Let me, let me tell you what's going on in here. Um, Daniel is a little bit older when we get to chapter six and there's a trap that's been set against Daniel because he has all this favor and he's from a foreign land and he's risen to a place of prominence in the king's court. Right, even. Some of the guys get jealous of that. They're, they're coming after him right. and they know that Daniel prays to his own old God, the, the, God, of, God. the God of Israel. And Daniel's not taken on praying to the king like the king is a God or praying to the other approved gods. And so they set a trap and Daniel in 610, here's what happens. Daniel learned that the decree had been published. This decree is saying you can only pray to approved gods in the king. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. You got to keep connected to God. That's number one. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that, you know, when we're stuck, sometimes prayer becomes the last thing instead of the first thing. Mm -hmm. I think when we read the book of Daniel as a mom, as a dad, as anyone listening to today, that in this season, going to prayer first is, is what Daniel did. It kept him uh, connected to Jerusalem, his homeland, which he loved. It kept him connected to the one true, true God that he loved and served, even, even in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, D- Daniel didn't stop praying because uh, he was he was not going to be rescued. Right. I mean, God is very upfront with Daniel walking into this, and all of Israel. God tells them how it's long coming. they're going to be into ca- captivity. Yeah. 
He's not like, well, until they, he tells them, you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Yeah. And Daniel doesn't stop and he doesn't stop his connection to God. I love, Jennifer, you pointed out that well, Daniel serves not just one king. Well, I think the whole, actually, the whole theme of the book of Daniel is about the sovereignty of God. And Daniel being raised to, to serve mm -hmm. the, and to believe in the one true God would know that he is yeah. sovereign and he reigns over them. And in, in Daniel 4.34, it says, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And it's, you know, he would have known, he would have trusted a God that had made promises and he believed in those promises. So there's two more things. Yeah. There are two more things that Daniel uh, does in connecting to God. He keeps connected when culture says it doesn't matter. Daniel keeps connected to God when culture says to stop. Daniel chapter six, verse 10, uh, it's the same verse, but I want you to think about this verse. Let's go a little bit deeper uh, in, a, in a new way. It says, when Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. I love this. I mean, he is yearning for home, a home that he'll never return to. I believe Daniel I, never goes back to Jerusalem. He's, he's at least 80 years old when we get to chapter eight of Daniel. We know a remnant after the 70 years is allowed to go back to Jerusalem. I don't think Daniel ever went back, but he opens up the doors where his heart yearns for. Uh, and, and he cries out even after he's already learned what culture is saying. Uh, not, culture is saying, do not pray to any other God. And Daniel's like, I'm not. Wait, not just culture. The rulers of the kingdom was, were saying, do mm -hmm. not pray to anyone but the king and these gods. So Jen, talk right. to me a little bit about well, uh, I think the name. So, so here's the thing. If we back up just a little bit at the beginning, you know, we know that when he was brought into Babylon, that him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given new names. Mm -hmm. Daniel was his Hebrew name, Belteshazzar would be his Babylonian name, and it's actually giving honor to the god Bel. And so when we think about him staying connected to God in this time, staying and praying to God still, and not giving in when culture is pushing him, um, D Daniel's life, uh, they would rename him, the Babylonians would rename him, but they would not change his heart. His heart never changed. He would get a new name, but his heart would never change. There's so much wrapped up in that whole piece of the renaming. I mean, have you ever been around someone and they get your name wrong? Yeah. <laughs> or they give you a nickname that you didn't ask for? Right. I mean, it, there, there's something about a Do derogatory. Do you have a nickname? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we've all, we've, you know, a derogatory nickname, though. I mean, yeah. it's, it's nice when someone gives you like a loving nickname, but when someone gives you a name that goes against, I mean, this went yeah. against the Everything deepest. Everything that he was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his God, his culture, his insult. people, his mother right. that he would never see again, that was yeah. probably killed in this conquest. And this is what's happening, I believe, to all of us that might feel stuck in our story. There's culture tries to give us a new name. It does. Culture tries to say, hey, we're going to pin this on you or put this on you. And Daniel keeps connected to God, even when culture says it doesn't matter, when culture gives him a new name. I think as you become a Christian, that the, the culture or the enemy even wants to lie to you and say, you are not of Christ. You're who you've always been. The shame that is upon you that has been your name your whole life or whatever it is that has, you have brought into your Christianity if you've made that decision to follow Christ. I think the enemy tries to rename you once God's given you a new name. The enemy says, no, you're not. You're not of Christ. Remember all those things that you have done. Remember who you were. Remember, you're never going to be good enough. I mean, the enemy just throws those into our mind. And I think it's, a, it's super important 
important, especially in the middle of whatever you're stuck in and what we're stuck in right now, mm -hmm. or we all have our version of being stuck, um, that when we stay connected to God, that, that, that those lies, they cannot penetrate our brain. They cannot take over our mind. If we stop them, take them captive and say, no, but my God says what my God says. Here are the promises of God. And this is why I'm so reminded uh, when Daniel's given a new name and when Daniel's told he's, he has to do these things and he stands up to culture, he keeps connected to God and he stands up to culture. I'm reminded of this, that in the, the very last book of Revelation, John's vision on the island of Patmos, we understand that Jesus will give each of us a brand new name when he comes back. When mm -hmm. we are with Jesus in eternity, you are going to get a, a new name from, from God the Father given to you, from Jesus. That's how incredible mm -hmm. is that? When names the enemies, matter, when right. culture is trying to give you a new name, God ultimately is going mm -hmm. to do that. Names and names matter. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Um, we got to keep connected no matter what the consequences. Yeah. In this this part of Daniel's life and his, I mean, you saw from the video today, and if you read it this week, especially the first six, seven chapters. I mean, chapters, there's so much in this book. We're lots. just, we're hitting just a few of the main points but here. This is that one story in Daniel's life. Mm -hmm. This is the one when, we, this is the one where the kids' videos are made from, you know? It, it this is. is. the one. It's a big, the, the, the king, the king has been tricked into making this decree and uh, it's, it's happened from some of the other people in his royal court that do not like Daniel because Daniel's risen in prominence. And listen to verse 616. Okay, Daniel's already disobeyed the king's order and he's, he's connected to God no matter what culture says. Mm -hmm. But we've got to keep connected no matter what the consequences are. I think something I want to say here real quick though too. Just remember this. He has been in Babylon for decades. This isn't at the beginning. Daniel meeting this moment is not at the beginning of his story. He has been in Babylon and he still has not disconnected from God. Multiple kings. He's Four served. kings. It's not just like one king he had a relationship with. Daniel 6, 16. Here's what happens. The king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And here's the part. Then the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. I mean, there are going to be consequences when we stay connected to God. Mm -hmm. And Daniel was aware of that, okay? We, we, we saw that, that he already knew that the decree was signed. He goes upstairs, opens his windows where everyone can see and continues to pray multiple times a day. What, what blows me away by this is that even the king around him, those who are in authority around him say, you stay connected to your God continually. When other people they start to it. recognize that you are steadfast, constantly devoted in your connectedness to God, then you know you, you are actually, you've got like a strong, strong connection there. That's the thing that, that pulled Daniel through the, the long years of being, being stuck in being exile. exile. Yeah. I think Daniel at this moment, you know, I can imagine him sharing just by who he was with the Kings. It wasn't like, I don't, I don't think he was very vocal about his God, but I think he lived it and it was obvious to the rulers. And I think as a faithful believer, they did not see Daniel crying out to be removed from something. They mm -hmm. saw Daniel being faithful to God and believing that he would deliver him from this. And I think as a faithful believer, the questions that we want to ask sometimes is how can I get out of this situation? Yeah. I mean, if I'm Daniel facing this lion's den, I'm saying to myself, 
where's the way out? God, give me the way out. And I think a faithful believer would say, what can I get out of this? What can, what, what do I need to see about myself? What in me needs change? God, I'm in this mess. I'm stuck in the middle. What do you not want to get me out? You don't, maybe he doesn't want to remove you from it because he knows that while you're in that and you're in it and you're stuck in it, that you're going to be closer to him or that you're going to draw near to him or yeah. you're going to call out to him. And maybe he wants us to, at times to, to be a faithful believer, to say, what can I get out of this? What, what, does my, what does my heart need out of this? How do you need to change me, God? We want deliverance. We want deliverance. But God many times meets us in the middle, not with deliverance, but a season of developing us. Yeah. And I love this roadmap. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for us as a church that we've looked at many characters, uh, so many characters. And even in this series, we've looked at people where there's a payoff Right. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a time, you know, when, uh, when, when Joseph is re kind of redeemed there. there, there's a time when Moses gets through the Red Sea and there, there's all of these kind of an arc of the story, a climax of the story. But for Daniel, here's the deal with Daniel. I don't believe that Daniel ever goes back to Jerusalem, no. but Daniel, I don't really know, but no, but Daniel's a real person. Right. I mean, regardless, here, here, if he say he did go back, when he goes was. back, he's 80, 90 years old right. and it's destroyed and yeah. his, his life was gone. Sure. He got there in his last days, but it, it's, it's done. You know, he never got to marry and have children and be in the land. And, and so he, here, here's what it is for us though. Daniel's a real person and Daniel's waiting right now for the very thing that we are waiting for. Mm -hmm. If we're, if you feel like you are stuck in the middle and you can't get to chapter next and you don't, you don't know if you'll ever get out in some of, some of the situations we are in, I, if I were to be honest with you, I'd say yeah, that's probably never going to happen. But here's where we're the same with Daniel. We're all waiting on the return of the king. Because Jerusalem, New Jerusalem is a real place. See, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That wasn't a figurative language. He's going to prepare a real place. And the hope that Daniel has is the hope that we have, that we are going to walk, get this, we are going to be able to go and experience and walk on the streets in New Jerusalem with Daniel. Yeah. We are waiting on the same thing. It doesn't matter how stuck you feel, uh, how how you might not be able to overcome what you're currently in. The hope that we have and the roadmap that Daniel gives us is a big deal. We've got to stay connected to God. We got to stay connected to God, no matter what culture says and no matter what the consequences are and not quit, not defile ourselves. And that is going to carry us through exile. I think if I could just say one, one final thing to the moms, um, or to, to, to everyone, but to the moms. If today you're sitting here listening and you're thinking, you know, I, I, I am stuck. Maybe, maybe it's a cancer. Maybe you just got a diagnosis of cancer. Maybe you just found out something about your child that you didn't know. Maybe you found out something about your husband that you didn't know. Maybe you've never been married and you've longed to, maybe you've wanted that child and you never had him. I just want to say this in the middle of that, what Daniel says to me in the middle of my own mess is that I have a faithful God. I have a God who I can cry out to. I have a God who cares about my situation. And when I stay connected to him, when I stay close to him in the middle of my mess, uh, he doesn't always pull me out of it. And he doesn't always change the situation, but he refines me in it and he develops me in it. Yeah. And we love you. And uh, I, I don't think that this day is always easy for moms. Yeah, no. Um, I think it can be a tough day. There's, there's a lot that many of us have to celebrate. But if, if you feel like you're, you're stuck in any way, 
and you don't know how to get out, this will pull you through. This is real. And so this week, we would say stay connected with God. No matter what culture says and no matter what the consequences are. And to all of you, happy Mother's Day.